Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 19th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I am Broadway AMA's Caitlin Milligan. Guys, another week down. We are now, what, two-ish, two and a half, three weeks into 2018. Um, and uh, I- I'm pretty much done with 2018. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Already? <over> <laughs> Did but I'm not you, did even you in read? Orlando yet. Oh no! The well, yes, that'll be that'll be fun when you move back here to Florida. But the story about the Forbes magazine? No, no, I didn't read anything. Oh. What was it? Oh, I don't know if it's. It might be NSFW here. Um, it has to do with what Stormy Winters or whatever her oh, name is. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I try to avoid that. <laughs> it's probably better, and I'm not saying another word. All oh, right. Because if I do, I might throw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) My vomit just vomited. (laughs) Hey, where's Lena Hall? Isn't she back tonight? Like last night? No, we have plenty of we have plenty of content with her. We talked to her for about thirty minutes, uh, but that's coming up on Sunday. You're right. I should mention that Sunday. Sunday, our full interview with the wonderful Tony winner Lena Hall that we aired part of yesterday. The full interview will be on this week on Broadway. You know who else could have a chat with her in the future? James Uh, Gordon. Yes, I think that might be happening eventually. Yes, I think that uh, we'll say it right here. Lena Hall you know, (laughs) one day we'll be on James Corden. So, but James Corden on the couch, yeah. Yeah, James Corden is reportedly being pursued to return as the Tony's host. Yes, last night in the New York Post, Michael Riedel reported that CBS is actively pursuing its late, late night host to return as the host of the Tony Awards. Of course, Corden hosted the awards ceremony to rave reviews in 2016, but was doing his show in London during the last year Tony period. It wasn't the exact dates, but it was pretty close. Um, That, of course, led to the unfortunate hosting situation of He Who Will Not Be Named. Also, uh, because there are no big names attached to the 2017 show, post-Hamilton, of course, um, the ratings dropped from $9 million to $6 million. So with Corden's massive, widespread popular appeal, it seems like a no-brainer for the iNetwork to bring him back again. And according to Riedel, the one-man, two-governors Tony winner is likely to accept in return. Riedel also lays out a, a pretty good case about the star power that could boost the telecast's interest. There's not going to be a show of Hamilton level interest, but there could be some stars that draw some extra eyeballs, including Tina Fey, Bruce Springsteen, Amy Schumer, and potentially even Cher, who will be plugging the Cher show, which will be coming up later in the summer. Now, guys, I am very happy that Corden is potentially hosting again. I think that he was better than Hugh Jackman ever was. and I think Hugh was great, but I think Corden was even better. And, and I think James was, um, at least equal to Neil Patrick Harris. I'm not going to say he was better because, man, Neil Patrick Harris had some great moments and he did it so often, but Corden was just as good. However, if I, I have to be honest, and we talked about this last year, James, I am surprised because by the time this Tony's 2018 comes around, Stephen Colbert will have been at least announced as the late show host for more than four years. And he still hasn't hosted the Tony's, which I think is just as much of a no brainer as Corden is, uh, Colbert's hosted many uh, award shows before, including the the Emmys, and he loves Broadway, and he's in the theater district. I don't know if – is Ed Sullivan on 
Broadway? I can't remember yeah. exactly. Yeah, Ed it's Sullivan's a, right up, a, up the block from the Broadway Theater. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, on so, yeah, so it, it just makes like uh, I'm shocked that it hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it will eventually, but it just seems like why hasn't Gordon done it yet? Or why hasn't Colbert done it yet? Hmm. Uh, alphabetically, Colbert should have gone. Hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very good. <laughs> so I was going to say uh, that it was a network thing, but then I just remembered that Colbert is actually on CBS. <laughs> yes, he's 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 Corden's lead in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it has Colbert ever done one of those uh, sidewalk uh, crossing thingy? <laughs> Huh? No, no, he hasn't. But he's he sings on his show all the time and yeah. often not the biggest show tunes like what he sang something with Anna Kendrick once um, that was just like a random Sondheim thing like not. Are you saying it just because I remember it because it's Anna Kendrick? Is that what you're doing? You're laughing at that? Um, I'm maybe. <laughs> OK, but it was like it was it was a it was a it was a Sondheim number and maybe it was from a little night music because Anna did it at the Kennedy Center years ago, um, but it was like something that only like true Broadway and Sondheim obsessives would or fans would know, not the average Joe Blow who maybe goes to a show or two a year. Hmm. She sang I'm Still Here with uh, Stephen Is that what it was? Okay. In 2016. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Vanity Fair suggested that they do a Broadway show together, but that never happened as far as I no. know. <laughs> no, no. Although I will say Anna Kendrick someday would be a great Tony's host as well. Uh, if obviously probably not this year because Corden's doing it, but she'd be really good as well. All right. Uh, let's move on. Next up in the show and casting news, what do we have? All right. So we've got a lot of news nuggets that dropped yesterday. So let me run through them. And if you guys want to talk about one of them, feel free to stop me. But first, Jeremy Gerard of Deadline reported that Emmy winner and Tony nominee Tammy Blanchard has joined the cast of the upcoming Broadway revival of Eugene O'Neill's The Iceman Cometh. Blanchard will allegedly be playing Cora, one of uh, the three prostitutes in the show. This casting hasn't been confirmed. This is a Scott Rudin show, so uh, nothing is confirmed until he says it's confirmed. Um, and no one else in the cast has been revealed yet except for Denzel Washington, whose name is all over that key art and way above the title on this one. Uh, Blanchard played Louise in the Bernadette revival of Gypsy back in 2003 and was a Tony nominee for playing Hedy LaRue in the Daniel Radcliffe How to Succeed. She won an Emmy for portraying a young Judy Garland in 2001's Life with Judy Garland, colon, Me and My Shadows. In other news, the London Daily Mail's Baz Bama Boy reported last night that Tony winner Ruthie Ann Miles will be joining her Broadway co-stars in the London production of The King and I. Along with Kelly O'Hara and Ken Watanabe, Miles will be rejoining Bart Shear in the production that is slated to begin previews at the London Palladium on June 21st. And I just have to say, I love the word Palladium. We need more Palladiums in the U.S. Um, Baz also reported that TV and movie scribe Danny Strong has been tapped by the Ambassador Theater Group to write the book for the previously announced Frank Sinatra bio-musical. When the show was originally announced, it was supposed to bow on the West End this year, but it will now aim for 2020. ATG is currently looking for the right director, at which time a search for their old blue eyes will commence. In other Danny Strong news, yesterday it was reported by Deadline that he has joined the creative team as the screenwriter of Disney's upcoming remake of Oliver, which will be helmed by Tony winner Thomas Kale and will star, get this, former NWA rapper Ice Cube 
as Fagin. The film will be produced by none other than Mark Platt and Ice Cube himself. Now, guys, I um, I, I saw the latest revival or um, um, not revival uh, remake of Annie. Um, I didn't hate it nearly as much as apparently other people did. Um, and I don't know if this Oliver is going to be kind of a modernized and in a hip hop heavy version or not. I don't know any of that. But I do really like the idea of Ice Cube. Ice Cube's gone on from his NWA days to become a kind of a family friendly guy. He had those movies with Raven Simone or something where he was her dad and they were driving in an RV or something. Um, you know, I, I kind of really like this. And and between Mark Platt and Tommy Kale, like you have to assume they know what they're doing, right? Ice Cube has made that transition already from the genre of NWA into family, into family. Is he quite, did he quite make it to Disney yet? Uh, I'm not he sure. He has now. Is it, is it bad that when you said Disney's Oliver, the first thing I thought was the animated movie Oliver and Company about the dog? If this is torture, chain me to the wall, man. <laughs> Just pulled that out there. That was really good. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. As you mentioned, it's going to be produced by Mark Platt. Do you think we're going to see a cameo from young Ben? Um, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that whenever they start filming this, that Ben is busy preparing for Rent Live on Fox instead. But, uh, <laughs> and Tommy Kale directing, you know, his good friend, uh, that guy named Lynn. I don't know. Maybe he could mm-hmm. make an appearance there as well. Lynn, Lynn's probably a little old for the Artful Dodger, but... Well, I mean, just yeah. to show up, you know, a yeah. kind of a what's this thing that the, the this meme going around about the the next Star Wars? They want uh, who who's the orchestrator for Star Wars? Uh, John to, Williams. They want John Williams to have a cameo in the next Star Wars. You should. Yeah, that's uh, so we got from Ice Cube to John Williams in just three short <laughs> with, hops with a with a detour into Oliver and Company. <laughs> All right. Next up in the news, Cruel Cruel Intentions extends again. Yeah, we're going to stay kind of in the world of cinema. Well, cinema might be a strong word, but movies, (laughs) uh, because yesterday producers announced that the off-Broadway run of Cruel Intentions, the musical, has extended a second time at La Poison Rouge. And it just occurred to me that that is not French for poison, but for for fish, like uh, Mm -hmm. Les Pazons or whatever it is Mm -hmm. from... Yeah, I'm not very smart. Uh, This time, the show will extend for an extra four weeks. The musical, which stars uh, Lauren Zacharin, Constantine Rasuli, Carrie St. Louis, Jesse Shelton, Alex Boniello, Patricia Richardson, and more, will now play through Friday, March 16th, three days before I get to New York. So I am happy for the cast and crew and everyone involved. I'm also annoyed that they couldn't do at least one more week so I could fit a trip into my schedule. Uh, and finally, it's all about me. And finally, also off Broadway, we learned that uh, we learned on Thursday that Irish rep has extended their 20th anniversary production of Endo Walsh's disco pigs. The show will now play an extra two weeks and is scheduled to run through March 4th. All right. Uh, concert news stars join Manhattan concert productions, classics concert. Yes, yesterday Manhattan Concert Productions announced an all-star lineup for their 2018 Broadway Classics concert. The performance will take place at Carnegie Hall on February 20th and will include, amongst others, Michael Arden, Sierra Bogus, Carolee Carmelo, Ramin Karamloo, Norm Lewis, Laura Osnes, Leah Salonga, 
Tony Yazbek. That's quite uh, quite a lineup there, and it's not even all of it. The concert will feature musical selections from past MCP-presented shows and other repertoire by their composers, Jason Robert Brown, Stephen Flaherty, George Gershwin, Alan Menken, Lucy Simon, and Maury Yeston, many of whom will be in attendance. I, for one, am really geeked for that George Gershwin special appearance at the concert. Um, as with all MCP concerts, the stars will be backed by the New York City Chamber Orchestra and 400 singers from across the country. And also yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that their annual fundraiser concert, Broadway Backwards, will take place at Broadway's Al Hirschfeld Theater this year on April 2nd. If you are unfamiliar, the annual event features gender-reversed performances of show tunes performed by Broadway's biggest stars. Tickets went on sale yesterday for the one-night-only event, so if you want to go and haven't gotten tickets yet, I would suggest that you do it now at broadwaycares.org. I I love this every year, guys, whether it's this or MCC's miscast. I love it. I mean, it's so much fun. I've never been in person, but the videos that they release every year are, are something that I look forward to. And they usually dole them out a couple or at a time or one at a time. So I kind of love the anticipation of seeing, you know, some of our favorite stars do some of our favorite songs that they otherwise probably would never get an opportunity to sing. No, yeah, I love those too. I watch them all the time, and I have a dream to do a, an all-female production of um, "The Bitch of Living" at Miscast or one of those. Oh, that's good. Right, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. No one's ever done it either. Yeah, maybe do a mashup with that and the um, um, oh, what is her name? Meredith Brooks and a, a Meredith Brooks song. You know, kind of do a, that's before your time, isn't it, Caitlin? I have no idea what you're talking about Mer- meredith brooks was a uh, a pop and rock singer who had a hit in the 90s late 90s early 2000s with the song just called bitch uh, it's classic oh, is that the yeah i don't know <laughs> i'm a child i'm a mother i'm a sinner okay. i'm a saint that's yeah. what i thought yeah. I, I know the song not the name yeah hmm. I'm, i, I was little. i was thinking of the elton john song the bitch is back the, the bitch is back that's a good one too yeah I'm a bitch, I'm a bitch, because I'm better than you. Yeah, that's good. That's the one. <laughs> wow, it sounds like I just started an MP3 of him, him singing it. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I have the same range uh, that he does now, not which is not very much. I'm wearing the sunglasses as we talk. In the All Donald right. Duck costume. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Inside the Muni's Jerome Robbins Broadway. Yes, my Broadway World colleague, uh, Alan Henry, yesterday released an article on our industry section that went behind the scenes of how the St. Louis Muni Theater was able to put together the first production of Tony-winning musical Jerome Robbins' Broadway since the show's national tour nearly three decades ago. Alan talked with the Muni's artistic director, Mike Isaacson, about what the process was of getting this thing on the stage. This show has famously not been done ever other than on Broadway and a subsequent national tour. And there are many reasons why I, to be honest with you guys, I kind of thought the reason why it hadn't been done and it was because the rights holders just said, now, if you can't recreate Jerome Robbins choreography, we don't want you to do it. And we don't think that regional performance or regional theaters can do it. That might be part, part of the case, but it seems like what it really is. It comes down to how you divvy up, who gets the royalties from this show? Isaacson went Isaacson went into this thing and that he got the original 
legal documents from the original production and tried to see the formula for how they set up who would get what money. And it comes down to how much uh, literal time on stage each writer had. And that's how they divvy up the money. It's a very complicated process and they go in depth in, in, in this article. And it's really, really fascinating. I, um, uh, one thing that they talk about is that they hope that kind of going back and doing this work makes it a little bit easier for other uh, theaters that maybe don't have the resources to figure it all out that the Muni does. Um, maybe they can go and do this show now. Maybe it's a little bit more accessible than it has been in the past because it is such a legally complicated thing. The, uh, Isaacson said in the article that all of the rights holders to the songs and the Jerome Robbins estate were very happy to have them do it. There was no issues with that. Nobody drugged their feet on letting them do it. Um, so it, it seems like it really just is such a red tape encumbered mess that it's not easy to figure out how that works. So it'll be interesting to see what this show looks like uh, on stage for the first time in 27 years. I know our friend Jen Tepper will be there because she's trying to check off every Tony winning best musical. And this is the first time she's had to see Jerome Robin Robbins Broadway and might be the last. So I'm pretty sure she'll be in St. Louis over the summer. I think about 30 years from now, as the Muni does the first revival of SpongeBob SquarePants, how they will figure out all the <laughs> rights and payments of all those songs yeah, from the 30 hard. different artists, you know, or, you know, or, uh, what's the, um, uh, there's another, another big Broadway show and it. it's, uh, it's eluded my mind. It was just it tip my tongue. One of the large Broadway shows have tons of writers. Rock of Ages? Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, something out in the script here that I wanted to mention for our listeners who are big fans of Broadway is that uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein has uh, released uh, a new website for Irving Berlin. Uh, IrvingBerlin.com. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Irving, and it's a beautiful site. I, I'm not sure if it's a re-release or if it's a first-time launch, but it's the first time I'd ever been to it. And it's really very interesting, and it's got quite a lot of information there. So uh, if you're a fan of Irving Berlin's uh, music, check out IrvingBerlin.com. All right, so Caitlin, next week off off the stage, what's going on? Let's start off with a busy weekend at Feinstein's 54 Below. First off, the Skivvies are back this Saturday, January 20th at 9.30 p.m. with a show featuring Nick Adams, Molly Pope, Bonnie Milligan, and more, who will strip down and rock out. Also on Saturday at 54 Below is All Things Broadway Sings the Standards at 11.30 p.m. Hosted by All Things Broadway, the largest Facebook fan group for theater, the show will feature Broadway favorites Tice Green, Ben Cameron, Gina DeWall, Drew Gasp. Peroni, and more. The one-of-a-kind concert promises to make theater dreams come true right before your eyes through the magic of Broadway standards. Then on Sunday, January 21st at 54 Below is Sondheim Unplugged, which is back for its eighth season. The show will feature some of Broadway and Cabaret World's most dynamic voices accompanied by only a piano. The concert will welcome special guests Terry Ralston, Company's original Jenny and Sarah Rice, the original Johanna and Sweeney Todd, as well as other incredible talents singing songs from A Little Night Music, Company, 
Into the Woods, Follies, Passion, Dick Tracy, and more. This 7 p.m. show delves into the world of Broadway's master composer and is hosted by series creator Phil Jeffrey Bond. Now, if you can't make it on the 21st, don't worry. There will be seven more Sondheim Unplugged performances between now and November. Then, beginning on Monday, January 22nd, cabaret star Bridget Everett returns to Joe's Pub at the Public with her band, The Tender Moments. Following a sold-out production of Rock Bottom, Everett will sing her favorite love songs at Joe's Pub once or twice a week through March. Everett, who is the star of the Amazon pilot, Love You More, which you can watch online now, will have shows next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Sunday, all at 9.30. Back at 54 Below on Monday, American Idiot stars reunite to sing their favorite songs by everyone's favorite pop-punk band in 54 Sings Green Day. There will be shows on Monday the 22nd at 7 and 9.30 p.m. They're both currently sold out, but a waiting list is available. The show will feature Jennifer Balls, Christina Alabato, Olivia Puckett, Jillian Mueller, and more. Believe it or not, there is more to see on Monday night. As We Go High, Singing Out for Reproductive Justice will take place at 7 p.m. at the Triad. On the anniversary of the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade decision, proceeds from the concert will benefit the grassroots advocacy group RHA Vote, which was founded by patient advocates affected by New York State's abortion law. The concert will feature Alicia Umphreys, Bobby Steggert, Nikki Renee Daniels, and Lauren Molina, Whitney Basher, and more. Then on Tuesday the 23rd, one of Broadway's favorite couples, Orfe and Andy Carl, returned to 54 Below for their show Legally Bound. With four performances through the 30th, Andy and Orfe will be performing chart toppers and showstoppers at their 7 p.m. show, with special guests throughout the week. If you can't see them on Tuesday, they also have shows on the 26th, 27th, and 30th. Following Legally Bound on Tuesday, January 23rd, is 54 Sings the Beatles. Tony nominee Barbara Walsh and other Broadway and cabaret performers will pay tribute to the Fab Four in a concert at 9.30 p.m. at 54 Below. The following night, 54 Below will host two performances of 54 Sings Curtains. Hosted by the show's Tony-winning co-writer Rupert Holmes, a cast of Broadway favorites will sing the last score ever written by John Kander and Fred Ibb. Included in the show will be Aaron Davey, John Epperson, Richard Kind, Eddie Corbick, Jim Walton, and two of the show's original stars, Megan Tagora and Tony winner Karen Ziemba. Also, at the 7 p.m. show, the New York Post's Michael Riedel will make an appearance. And at 9.30, former New York Times theater critic Charles Isherwood will be on hand. And rounding out the week on Sunday over at the Green Room 42, Ben Rimmelauer will bring his critically acclaimed show, Patty Rules, back to New York at 7 p.m. on the 28th. In the show, Ben explores the ways his lifelong obsession and eventual working friendship with Patty Lapone helped him navigate a tumultuous relationship with his volatile father. That's all for this week coming up off the stage. Head back next Friday as I mention all of the exciting things happening off of the Broadway stage. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. And subscribe to Something A Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. We'll have a new episode coming out later this weekend. 
where Jen and I break down our top 10 favorite movies and TV shows of 2017. Caitlin, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at at Kate Milligan, K-A-I-T. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. And uh, on Sunday, we have uh, This Week on Broadway with, I don't know if you heard, but Lena Hall's going to be on. And uh, also, I think uh, Jan Simpson has something for us uh, to look forward to on Saturday podcast as well. So we will talk to you, if not, back on Monday. 